Hey, it's Liz Kelly. Here's what's going on in the Ringer universe for the rest of the week. Kevin Clark's writing about how the Eagles took over the NFL. That'll be up on the site on Thursday. We've got a new Chicago edition of Danny Chow's Food Diary, Chow Down, also out on Thursday. And you can watch our live NFL wins pool from Tuesday with Bill, Sean, Mal, and a ton of other Ringer staffers up on Twitter, Facebook, or YouTube. And don't forget about our newest Ringer football podcast, Dual Threat with Ryan Russillo. That drops on Tuesday nights wherever you get your podcasts. What's going on, Jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. Gross Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. The king of sad stop. The Silver Lake heartthrob. It's Troy Kirby. It's Nick Mundy. This is your real WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE superstar, Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. Zach Linder. Dan Black, a.k.a. the Goofaraja. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening. You're listening to this. You're listening to. You are listening to. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening to the Masked Man Show. 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 Welcome to the Masked Man Show. I am your host, David Shoemaker. Uh, I'm here with Dan St. Germain, the king of sad style, as always. Sort the man of. with the largest calves in the world, the St. Germain event. Dan was at, this was all in, all in just happened. I like, was all in. There. You were You were not all in. Well, you were, I was half in. You were half in. Not I even was, half. <laughs> I was a quarter in. You were there on Friday night to roast Bruce Pritchard. Yes, it was one of the best nights of my life, if not the best night of my life. It was one of the craziest days that I've ever had. The ringer.com uh, was there in the person of uh, Mike Pellucci, who wrote the incredible Cody Rhodes profile for us a couple months back and uh, then wrote a, a big piece about All In. Um, was there. He talked to a bunch of the wrestlers. He's talked to the Bucks. He's talked to Cody. He's got the, you know, it's a really, really good piece. It's up on the ringer.com right now. Also on my Twitter feed at David Schumacher. You can find it there. I. Uh, enjoyed it from the comfort of my Brooklyn apartment. Um, it was well. First of all, a lot of a lot, there were a lot of big accomplishments at All In. I think when we look back through hit from from you know a perspective of of history, we'll say that maybe the biggest accomplishment of the entire pay per view of the entire show was finding us a, uh, a weekend without a WWE pay per view already scheduled. Right, was it? The- <laughs> I don't know if that's the <laughs> biggest. Just that's a- <laughs> yeah, um, I thought you were uh, you 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 were good. You know, sold that. Uh, but you know what? It is an accomplishment. We've got um, little, um roughly six WWF paper WWE uh, pay per views or super shows in the next uh, four days. So it, this is this is pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, none of that is true. We do have Hell in a Cell next week. We will be discussing Hell in a Cell. We'll be previewing Hell in a Cell, and then at that point, it's just we're off to the races with WWE Super Show. Super Show, it's it's more super than a normal show. I want to actually talk about the Super Show and Hell in a Cell from a little bit of a zoomed out perspective when we talk about Raw and SmackDown. But first, let's talk about All In. You know, I uh, a lot of the reaction that I heard from I basically heard two different reactions to All In. One is like this was the awesomest thing that's ever happened. It was basically just like the reaction of 
me when I saw my first PWG show live. Right. Uh, which is totally reasonable that like people are reacting in the way that I reacted when I saw my first PWG show. Also, this is better in a lot of ways. It had a lot of more moral, re- I mean, emotional resonance. And, right. And, uh, you know, maybe not Bell to Bell, you know, Bell to Bell, like the greatest action that you've ever seen, but it had more than you would expect on a normal paper. Look, I, I, I think the greatest accomplishment of all in, they had to showcase not just New Japan, not just Ring of Honor, not just PWG, not just Lucha Underground, not just kind of almost the Joey Ryan, Joey Janela of it all, where, which is, you know, kind of these like fun one-offs. They had to put them all together, and they were able to put all these together. Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest accomplishment is that with the amount of people that tuned in to watch that pay-per-view is that now these guys can make a living Make an even better living going from town to town. Yeah. Now you can be like, oh, Pentagon so, Jr. is on the show. Oh, uh, you know, uh, Joey Ryan's on the show. Oh, you know, like like it it was able to like provide an alternative to WWE, not in the sense of WCW or ECW, but provide a broader alternative. Hey, there's wrestling so much, outside of WWE. I have so much I want to say about this because there's two things. Okay, I was gonna let me go back to what I was saying saying before. One, the first reaction I heard two big reactions. One was. This was the most amazing thing I've ever seen, which is totally defensible. And two, which is why is everybody so excited about All In? It was just like a flippy indie show. And WWE is, you know, no one gives them enough respect for what they do week in and week out. I don't understand why you can't and, give respect yes, to WWE. Totally agree. What they do. So, in an, and yeah, it's, it's two very different things. They're very different things. And that's, what, and that's the point you were making that you can have penis druids, you can have. A hardcore match like Joey Janela and Hangman Page had. You yeah. can have um, a traditional New Japan match, which was uh, Okada oh, and Marty Scroll. Yeah, it was just really what a breakout for Scroll. Um, and yeah, and I think what you're the the point that you made about getting everybody in is is an important one because part of what what uh, Mike Pellucci wrote about for the Ringer is, I mean, this is kind of just a bit in it, but you know, this is a huge moment for wrestlers in terms of just like workers' rights, right? I mean, the, right. the, the Bucks have been out there in public saying that they have now have, you know, they have the most uh, power. Work, the workers have the most power that they have had in the wrestling industry in 20 years, and maybe longer, because there's I, they, know, they can I, throw I, their I, own I shows. Compl- I, would, I would agree with that. Um, and, but, you know, but, but, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not really, I mean, WWE was the only business in town for a while, you know, with apologies to TNA. Uh, and uh, but even back in the territorial days, sure, the wrestlers had a lot of power. There were examples of wrestlers that were like, "Pay me or I'm leaving." Right. But that, but there were also many more examples of territories where they were like, "I'm putting the belt on me or my son, or I'm letting the champion buy in as a co-owner, so that other no other wrestler can have power over what we're doing." Well, here. the the most power were wrestlers had was probably the late 90s mid to top level guys and WCW WBF. No one's going to argue that. You know, as far as as far as like negotiating their contracts. But they had to be out of contract. Right. Um but I would still say that there's they no had a option ton of power for free there. agency. Sure. No, no, there was a lot of there was a lot of worker power there, right? Yes, there's no there's there, a lot of worker There's power no question. There. If if I mean, I I guess if Kevin if Kevin Nash had said I want to sign a do a LeBron James, I'm just going to sign year to year or something. I mean, he may have. I don't even know. But like, I'm sure everyone's say, contract was completely different. Months. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure John Cena's contract is way different than Roman Reigns' contract, you know? Um, yeah, sure, right now. Absolutely. But yeah, it's a, but, but it is a great moment for power. But the one question that sort of popped up to me as the editor, like working on this piece, the thing that I, I wondered is like, this is, it was, 
this proves that you can do a show without a major wrestling promotion undergirding it, right? You didn't have yes. to have although, the banner of WWE or NWA to make it work. Cody would not have been able to do this without his WWE background. You know, without a well, doubt, the story of his... Huh. Well, no, no, like the, the story of him leaving WWE and Cody. being misused as Stardust. And the, no, he created this. I'm just saying that. But he had that... He had that thing to bounce back. Like people knew him from WWE, and they knew him as someone who's being misused mm-hmm. in WWE. Yeah, so no, that's... I think that I think that those things are sort of inextricable. And I not not to discount you. I mean, like I remember years ago, I wrote a piece for Grantland. I think about how like when Chris Hero got fired the first time by WWE, Cassius Hono to the NXT marks out there, that him like going back to the Indies was like or this, like the storyline I was most interested in because now right. that we have YouTube, you can see all of his matches. You can see him reference WWE and do all this like react to that in the ring at mm-hmm. indie shows all over the country. Yeah, those things are, are the the WWE is very related. And listen, you're right. They needed Cody Rhodes. They did. He somebody... was the fire that lit the whatever the spark that lit the fire. But you know, the Young Bucks headlined the show. I mean, that's, that's they argue yeah. it's arguable whether or not they should have. There's a lot of there are a lot there's a huge amount of talent on this show that you know New Japan would still be close to probably or probably where they are now if not for the existence of Cody Rhodes. So there's that start that there, there's that, you know, Ring of Honor probably would have found somebody to fill that slot. Yeah, I mean there's right. uh, I agree. Cody Rhodes was the w- was deeply important to this. And he needed WWE, but he was also Dusty Rhodes' son. So he and he needed I mean needed I, that. I, that guy is pure money. I met him backstage and uh I met uh Brandy backstage and mm, they're just the bragging. nicest people. What? Bragging. <laughs> uh, bragging. Um, uh, they, they were very nice. Um, uh, so was Marty. Um, and I met him for two seconds, so it's not like we were, uh, you know, I was, I was invited on their boat afterwards to hang out with the, uh, Bullet Club. I did, I met Kenny Omega, who does, like, like, that guy needs a vacation. He's, he was the nicest person in the world, but I met him and I'm like, dude, I wish you could take, like, three weeks off. Who? Co- uh, Kenny Omega. Oh, yeah. Because you, you were like, you are, like, he's the best wrestler in the world right now, and... And then he put out a really good match the next night, but I'm like, man, that guy needs like a month of just sitting on a beach somewhere and getting deep tissue massages um, and drinking pina coladas or something because that guy is just, uh, you know, he's you know he's the biggest star in wrestling and, and you don't want to see him uh, get burnt out, you know? Um, but there was a feeling, you know, throughout the entire arena and throughout the through the hotel that I was in, and I, I, you know, full disclosure, I didn't see the show. I was on. I was supposed to leave uh, uh, on a plane that morning, and I ended up leaving on a plane that night. Um, but there's just a vibe in the hotel of like, hey, this is ours. You know, it was in a lot of ways, uh, you know, uh, uh, the uh, Star Pass weekend was the best WrestleMania All Access weekend in history. You know, it felt like this was truly for the fans. Um, I mean, you know, just just fun stuff like ODB selling from her food truck outside. So you could buy a brisket and then also meet ODB, you know? Yeah. Stuff like that. I mean, they do have these fan fest things, but I but I get what you're saying that the way they put it together, all the ins- all the extra stuff, all the uh all the you know, the karaoke stuff. I mean that to put all of that in I I li- kind of like the idea. I mean, it's cool at WrestleMania weekend that you have all these options and there's no way to get around it. But I sort of would love if, like, they just put one person 
I'm not, I'm not necessarily, I'm not nominating Conrad for this job, although he'd be probably as good as anybody else at it to just coordinate literally everything else. I mean, that's he not WWE. a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I'm just saying it'd be great if like, it'd be great if WrestleMania weekend, you could do 500 things, but like, like it was all sort of like everybody was working together to make it all manageable and accessible, you know? <laughs> Yeah, but this was their first weekend. Doing it was pretty that. crazy. No, no, you know, I'm, I'm giving I, I, him credit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was one of those things where, and I think that that's a harder job to do than WWE, right? Because you're working with different people from different promotions, and you're also working with you know people who aren't aligned with any promotion that were former WWE, WCW superstars that are just there selling merch. So it, it's it, it's a huge amount of. A huge amount of work. Like WWE uh, has an amazing operation behind them, and also like you kind of come into that situation being like, "All right, well, we're following the company line." When you're coordinating all the indies together, there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen. A lot of cooks in the kitchen, and a lot of big ass security guards. At I don't that know, place. man. My experience at the, I, I agree. I think my experience, and maybe this is kind of the metaphor that we should be going for here, is that when you go to when you go to the WrestleCon. WrestleMania weekend, compare that to WWE Access. Now, I love WWE Access, but I am one of these, like, blessed few people. I mean, my experience with Access over the past couple of years, I didn't go this past year, but in the years before, it's like they set up Radio Row in Access. Yeah, they and had so, Podcast Row at this event. Yeah, but, the, but, but for Access, like, so we're up at, like, 6 in the morning or 7 in the morning doing podcasts at Access, and then on the way out, the sort of the day is finally breaking and you can sort of wander through access before anybody's there and see the ring and stuff. And I'm like, oh, behind the curtain, like this is so great. So I'm like privileged to be able to experience. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't get to like get any autographs or see any shows, but you get to see a little bit of the stuff before it happens. Yeah. But the difference between like a good WrestleCon and WWE is that, I mean, that, this isn't 100%. This is oversimplification. But WWE doesn't care if you wait in line. You know, they like, as a matter of fact, they might like, they might want you to wait in line and just because like they want to maximize the time that each wrestler spends out there that like they just knock people down one by one. Right, right. You know, and you go to some, and you go to a good show and it's like what you want, it's a whole different thing. You, you want, you want actual access, not with two X's. You want to be able to walk up and pay 10 bucks and get your favorite wrestler's autograph, you know, or just like get a picture taken or whatever. You know, at the end of the roast, I mean, we ended the night by... You know, sitting in a karaoke hall watching Pat Patterson sing My Way. You know, like. So, you were going to tell a couple more stories about Pat Patterson, I think, <laughs> no, before no, we. Was, not as many about Pat Patterson, but just the weekend was just crazy. That's great. Well, we I got there, and there's a wrestler named MJF. You know, him? of course, MJF, yeah. Um, and I worked with him at my Lost in New York disaster when I when I fucked up that commentary. He was so uh, he was so sweet. Jim, back- can we just replay the audio of that story <laughs> right now? And the- so he was so sweet at uh, he was so sweet backstage, and like you know, we were just talking. And then I walk through the hallway, and he's the first person I see, and I'm wearing a bold club shirt. I look like the biggest fucking mark in the world. And I'm like, hey, man, uh, I did commentary. And he just goes, don't fucking talk to me. I'm a big deal. He was like working kayfabe. <laughs> and I like laughed because I was like, all right, he's working kayfabe. This is great. And then I went up to uh, Nash and I was like, hey, Kevin, what's up? Uh, I'm one of the roasters that's on the dais. And then Kevin goes, I'm not on the dais. And I thought he was working. I'm like, <laughs> he was working too. And then I got backstage, you know, like beforehand. And then Shuli from the Howard Stern show comes up to me, James, and he goes, 
Nash and DDP dropped out. We got to write jokes. So, like, we ran backstage. Wait, I they guess, dropped out because they weren't on the dais? No, no, no. They were on the dais. I think it was just, like, miscoordination or like, whatever it was. Like, Conrad put a great show together, but, like, it was one of these things where they were just, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what happened, but we had written all these jokes. So, we're like, oh, shit. So, we got to write. So, the two hours before the show, it was, like, because we had already written all our stuff. It was, like, me, Mike Lawrence, um... Taylor Williamson, James Mattern, Shuley, and Ron Funches just kind of like pitching with wrestlers what jokes they were going to do on the roast. Oh my god! And it gosh. was like it was like us in a room of Papa John's with like uh, Sean was there at X Pac, um, and uh, and then Briscoe came in uh, uh, with a beer, ready to rumble. You know, I actually talked to his son right beforehand, and I was like trying to get some dirt. I'm like, hey, what do you know about your dad? I could even really. Briscoe was the hardest person to write for because like everybody loves him, you know. Uh-huh. But Briscoe comes in and I'm like trying to write jokes with Pritchard and Mike Lawrence together, right? And Briscoe then like, like he's like, oh, don't let me. When we, I forget what he's like. Don't let me put you in a hold. And then and then Pritchard goes, Jerry, no, Jerry, no. And he starts to like put Pritchard into a hold while we're writing jokes for Pritchard. And I we thought have that to was like wait. a gimmick. That's no, the- it's not. And like Pritchard's like kicking him off, and then like. And then like uh and then Jerry just starts laughing with me and we take a picture and I sound like an album for his son. Um no real winners here available on all streaming mediums. Oh. Uh, but uh, <laughs> well done. Yeah, I try to throw in that. Uh but it was the coolest night, man. All the wrestlers were awesome. Jeff Jarrett is the fucking coolest, man. And he like Isn't he cool now? Yeah, he's so cool. He's so cool. Dude, he, he worked a heel gimmick. He started like working heel with Funches when he came out. Because he knew that Funches was the biggest comic there. So he started shitting on Funches as he's coming out. Um, but the only thing is, like, some guys, like, we got out beforehand, and we're, I'm like, I'm like, hey, you know, like, looking forward to tonight, like, to Bruce the Barber and Bischoff. I'm like, hey, looking forward to tonight. Uh, you know, like, and they didn't, like, totally, I don't think, understand, like, Bisch- Bischoff, like, for instance, he goes, I'm like, yeah, I got my jokes ready. And he goes, wait, you have you have jokes ready? <laughs> and then I'm like, what? He goes, you're ribbing me. And then like, that's the whole weekend. Nobody knows what's a rib. Nobody knows. What, no one. I'm like, no, man. Like, like you, you got to write jokes before the day. So like Bischoff, Bischoff was like, oh, you're ribbing me. You're ribbing me. So they just kind of told fun stories about each other. Jerry Lawler came in, killed with prepared shit. All the comics killed. Um, and like, you know, like uh, an Xbox did pretty good. Um, but they were, you know, it was like they were kind of like telling stories about each other right. and talking they shit. They didn't have the. And then pr- we came in with like roast deus jokes. So it was a nice balance. And of this, you get to see a story from a wrestler about. Remember the time in Phoenix when, yeah, you know, uh, you and me killed that anaconda together, and we had to replace Jake Snake. And like this, ladies and gentlemen, is why WWE scripts their entire show now. It doesn't. <laughs> Um, we have to we have to keep going. We have too much okay. to talk about this episode. That's but it was awesome. fun. Wait, shout out to Conrad. Shout out. To Bruce Pritchard, shout out to all the wrestlers that were amazing sports on that. Medusa, Sean Waltman, Eric Bischoff, Jeff Jarrett, Brutus the Barber, Bischoff, Patterson. Oh, I mean, sorry, uh, Briscoe, Patterson, Waller. Everybody was a cool sport. Everybody like was cool shit to work with. Brutus the Barber, Bischoff, Bischoff, which is a great mashup. It is. You have a you have a weird moment when Brutus the Barber, because the thing is, the comics were set up on a dais 
off stage because they couldn't fit everybody on stage. So we're in a row off stage, and then all Wait, of a sudden, is it a dais if it's well, there's off a dais stage? It's all the wrestlers, and then the comics are here. But the thing is, the comics we didn't write jokes for one another because the biggest, I mean, the biggest joke on us is nobody knows who the fuck we are besides Ron. Right. But it's weird watching a moment where the comics are brought out first. We sit down, and then you see Brutus the Barber cutting and strutting past you to get on the dais and being like, "I'm about to say." really mean shit about you, and so is everybody on this dais. Uh, it's like wow. the surreal What's moment. What's the meanest thing you said? Oh, God. I, I don't know. If I, you got to buy it on Fight Network, but there was a couple things that I I cut, um, which I, I don't know. What There's I nothing that you cut from the show that you can say on this fight. <laughs> Jim I is saying is like just looming over the edit I for, button. I, right I, <laughs> I forget exactly. I mean, I definitely made fun of uh, Jared going to rehab. Um, I definitely made fun of... Uh, I mean, everybody like went after Bischoff. You know, it was just one of the fun, more fun experiences of my life. And then I was kind of lucky that my plane ticket got, and I know I'm going over here, that my plane ticket got moved because I got to see Jim Johnston's panel where he talked about creating uh, all the music for all these wrestlers over the years. And that was surreal. That was surreal. And wow. so cool to watch. Uh, well, kudos to everybody who made that happen. Now let's talk about the reason why I think the, the stuff that actually mattered over the weekend, ah! which was the wrestling match. No, it was good. <laughs> the real thing I want to talk Rose about... is number two, baby. Listen, two. this is in the in the podcasting industry. This is called a teaser. We are going to talk about... Fans, stick around. We are going to talk about Chad Gable and Bobby Roode <laughs> becoming a tag team. But before we get to that... Um, all in the show was. I'm just going to run through this really quickly because there's a lot of cool stuff that I want that, that that's worth mentioning. SoCal Uncensored uh, defeated the Briscoe Brothers. Oh, so anyway, I, I, I want to get back to what we were talking about long ago. It seems forever ago about why what was cool, cool about All In. They proved that you can do it without WWE. And you said, oh, but D- D- Cody was 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 an empl- was employed by them. Yeah, that's that's. Fine, that's great. No, but they, but they, Cody, but they did, but they star. did a promotion. I mean, they they did a major pay per view without the NWA, without TNA. I mean, they had a lot of help from Ring of Honor. They said the blessing of TNA and New Japan. They had help from all this kind of stuff. But like, they proved that you can that 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 the that the three letter acronym is not the most important part of the show, right? Right. The question, I guess, is whether or not whether or not being the elite is the is the de facto promoter, whether or not. The Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes' Twitter followings are in—I mean, t- I mean, t- Twitter pages are in fact the promoter, right? If if Omega and the Bucks and Cody Rhodes all jump ship to WWE at the end of the year, which I don't think they're going to do, but which they will be free to do, is there any like, you know, indie wrestling will continue to exist, but could something like All In happen? Well, I don't know. Who, know, who knows? But they gave—they did give a platform to people, like you said. To start for everyone to start building you know, their own, separate and I things. can't say who said this, but uh, I, I talked to a wrestler a- afterwards, and you know, is like kind of a legend, and uh, you know, I think the general consensus is, well, they'd be crazy to not take WWE money, but God, I hope they don't, you yeah. know. And I feel like that that is the general consensus of of all in is that you don't want to see this thing end. You want there to be an all in too, you know. You want this to be, you know, the Woodstock of the wrestling world and it's not Woodstock but <clears throat> yeah no no it, it, it's it's uh, and that's it but who knows you know like the bullet club you know there's a time where you'd be like oh if AJ and you know Prince Devitt leaves it's over you know and then they were able to build up from there with Kenny and Cody <clears throat> so yeah but I, I guess I, for me it's this real the reason why I mentioned this is SoCal, SoCal Uncensored won uh 
Chris Daniels won. You know, there's a lot. There was a lot of personnel. Uh, uh, Okada beat Scroll, but Scroll got this. You know, huge position. There are a lot. Of, a lot of the personalities from um, from being the elite. You know, a lot of the. A lot of the. You know, the the like the YouTube. This YouTube series, as silly as it is, is like the organizing principle of so much that happens on the show. Right. And then we got like Joey Janela coming out and basically saying that like Spring Break 2019 is like the next all in basically you know well, it's that's the next- another thing too like that's why Jericho came out he came out to promote his thing his cruise which is infinitely scarier I think for Vince it's just like oh wait they can all do their own little things yeah fuck you know that that because how do you really like you can go up against a WCW but you can't go up against every single independent promoter that's I mean I guess you could I guess that's what put him in the position that's in the first place. what you do is you hire all the talent but we see yeah. that it doesn't you know, it doesn't. It's, that's not a foolproof plan. And then you up with this like end up, end up with a bloated budget, no real game plan. Right. But so like, you have no real game plan. There is a big no real game plan week for WWE. But if they let, you know, they have a lot of money, so they don't have to let people go now in WWE. But if like don't let people go, oh, you mean like cut like, people? They don't have to cut the same like the cut. But for instance, it's like. You know, like if Kevin Owens was released by WWE, I'm sure that he could find himself in a really fucking great position in the end and in a more powerful position on the independent circuit and maybe create something, Mm -hmm. you know, like that. I mean, all credit goes to Cody Rhodes and and being able to wear like a bunch of different hats this weekend. Um, You know, so congratulations on Cody Rhodes for his big win. Let's get right into it. Cody Rhodes beat uh, Nick Aldis to win the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, and everybody wanted that moment. You know, the match was fine, I thought. Um, you know, I've seen better matches from Cody, but... You probably haven't seen that many better matches from Nick. <laughs> I mean, no offense. It was a great match. It was it, a good... It was, it was an emotionally it was really compelling emotionally, match. Like, the way they put it together with, uh, you know, Brandy taking that spot. And, you know, I, you know, I, I, I personally, I could have... I could have used dog that. dog got the and, biggest pop of the... Or got one of the biggest pops anybody's ever heard, which is fantastic. <laughs> Like you know, they brought the legends in there. It maybe it may have been a little bit overbooked, but it was, uh, you know, dude, it had that emotion, you know, and it had that, it it had that moment of you know Cody getting that title, and I think that he was able to also, like, because that could have easily main evented, right? But I think that it didn't main event because he's like, I want to make clear that like, because I think he knew he had to win that title. Like everyone there would have been super bummed out if he hadn't won the NWA title, but like he also wanted to say. Hey, I'm not the main event. You know, like well, these yeah, guys, I mean, the, young, the young, but we're going to put. Didn't want the, he didn't want the legacy of him winning the title his dad held to also be the legacy of I booked myself into the main event just like my dad, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and also this, I mean, he probably knew it wasn't going to be a good, a great match. I yeah. mean, no, I mean, I, I actually like Nick Aldis and I was always surprised WWE didn't pick him up, whatever. I think he's been a good look for the NWA as their champion, but if you, if you. He looks great. If you go back and watch, who, who, who do you, Tim Storm, the guy who won the title from, go watch the title, the, the the match where like Aldis won the belt from Tim Storm at, I think it's yeah. on the NWA's like 10 Pounds of Gold channel. It was like, they did it at a CZW show, I think, because it was like the biggest indie show they could book it on then. And it was like, the crowd was dead. This was a huge step up, and I. But it was a huge moment. It was so cool for Cody, and I'm so excited to see it. And this is a major step for the no, NWA so too. Now, that's my question is, what do they do with that? Is that title just a like a you know traveling title? 
Well, I think that this is, it relates back to what I was saying about being the elite. Their series, 10 Pounds of Gold, their YouTube channel is a de facto promotion now. You know, they have a few guys who recur on the show. They have, you know, they have, they have about as much talent, you know, like they have like five people on that YouTube. I mean, more than that. But they have, like, it's not that dissimilar than watching, like, WWF in the 80s, where there's, like, you know, the main event scene is just a few people sort of rotating in and out, you know? Yeah. Or it's, like, maybe it's more like a wrestling video game from the 80s or something, where it's, like, right. they, like we have not we have 12 characters, and they sort of, like, trade places over and over again. But I think that the move is that now that, now that Cody has it, that's a, that the NWA title... For the first time, headlines anywhere it goes, right? So like they can go to every Ring of Honor show. They can go to any other. They can go to New Japan shows. They can go anywhere, and like the New Japan. I mean, the NWA title is now a major thing. I think the big, and then maybe they're solving this with Tong with with the Tongas, right? Is like creating a an American uh, antagonist for the Bullet Club or the hero. I mean, depending on how you look at the Bullet Club. I mean, New Japan they clearly have a bunch of them. Whether it's you know, Akata or Naito or like people sure. like that. But a bu- it's like it's one of those things too, where it's like a Bushi. Is he kind of bullet club? I mean, I, I not no, but like he frequents enough. And it's now it's like, well, what is the bullet club? They've split up, but it's yeah, it's it, you know, there's different divisions. And I, I think I, that I, I think it would be awesome. I think I agree with what you're saying. I think they need to figure if they're and, you know, and and they'll figure that out as they continue to figure out what the future of this. I mean, Jericho is the closest that they've had. Yeah, they to have that. Jericho. But I think that there's. I think that. I mean, I would love it if Cody went just did what the old NWA champion would do: go to every indie show in the country and take on the title. I mean, take on the champion. Like you want it, you want a shot at the real great. gold. It's the NWA title. You and me in the ring, and we'll go with we'll go to an hour Broadway. Cut to him, or whatever. him just like dropping it in a trash can on SmackDown, <laughs> and that's how it ends. Um, other big moments of the night: Hangman Page versus Joey Janela. I can't believe they survived that match. Yeah, um, that, was, that was dangerous. And Joey Janela is just something special. Uh, what else is really great? It's Omega, so funny Omega watching Joey Janela versus his goal weight. Yeah. <laughs> it's all the time. But they both like did if a I great just job. gave up cigarettes and beer, I could. <laughs> yeah, I could. Um, uh, Okada versus Marty Scroll was probably the match of the night. 26 minutes was super, super good. Go back and find a way to watch this fight network, whatever. Kenny Omega versus Penta was uh, just it was really. Good. I'm just, the whole time I'm nervous about fucking Kenny and Penta's neck. Yeah, they do a lot of. I mean, the whole time I'm like, God damn it, guys! I could go, I could do with less pile drivers from you. Yeah. Um, what am I forgetting? The main event was the Golden Elite versus Mysterio, uh, Bandito, and Ray Phoenix. It was, which was super fun. It was really fun. It felt like a really fun Raw Dark. A lot match. of the people, who, I think that, the, yeah. Well, I mean, I've seen, I've seen the Bucks headline at PWG before and stuff, and I think that you yeah. know, at a, I've seen them headline well, a couple of Bushi indie shows. Kenny Omega, that was a but great they, match. I think that for a lot of people, for a lot of skeptical WWE fans, like the super skeptical ones, this was like the whatever the opposite of icing on the cake is, where they were like. Cody Rhodes should have headlined, and all I got was some flippy indie shit from the Bucks. You know, that was supposed to be a headliner. Now, listen, they were under real time constraints. We talked about time constraints back at Summers after SummerSlam, but, you know, this match went didn't even go 12 minutes. They Look, had to get it, off the it, air, and I think the Bucks... Wrestling some, is a microcosm of our society, right? All we're, we're so into these demagogues now. You have to be all aboard one train, and that's it. All in, know? you mean? Oh, you have to be all in. You have to or either all be... Out. You know, it's a, it's like I can I can enjoy Braun Strowman and an Ibushi match. I'm allowed to do both as yeah. a person who enjoys professional wrestling. Yeah, totally agree. Um, and also, highlight of the week weekend was probably talking to Pat Patterson about the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. And but no, the uh, Jim Johnson was also like that. That was so cool. If you guys want to pay to watch, uh, 
like just a musician talk about his process because he's not really a wrestling fan. And how he explains it, the Undertaker's theme music is awesome. But how he came up with it. Regardless of what you thought about all that. And yeah. if you didn't like it, we need to have a talk. I'm looking at you. I was you. thinking about like maybe I should put a true crime fest together where you can meet like Robert that Durst exists. and Judge Ito. Oh, where you meet the actual, <laughs> yeah. you meet some mur- some some presumed guilty murderers. There yeah, the judges. Is OJ the ju- there? Yeah. OJ's there. Yeah, you can try on a glove with him. That's just like Danger Fest. Danger it, Fest. Yeah. It it's would, like, I'm going to put you in the room. Like, it's just a convention of people who have been acquitted of murder. You actually walk a staircase from the staircase. All right, before we move on, let's take a quick break. People always ask me for advice. Uh, and when it's not, but how to book their favorite wrestler. It's about to b- what team to bet on this week. And the truth is, I don't know who's going to win. But if you think you know, you got to go check out my bookie. I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys. They are your best bet this season. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy as hell to use. Not to mention they have in-game live betting and the most rewarding player perks in the business. Plus, for your for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score in each game. So lay down some cash and win big today. That You win, they pay. Join now, and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use the promo code MASKEDMAN when creating your account to claim up to $1,000 in free play. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code MASKEDMAN when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. Now, let's talk about Raw. Regardless of your what you thought about All In, and it was good, and you're crazy if you think otherwise. But regardless, uh, they put together, I thought, a, a really great show, as Dan said early on. And uh, WWE confused the hell out of me this week. for Not for the like the most basic reason, which is like, maybe give us give the people who were so hyped about All In some proof that you can do what they were doing just as well. And I know they don't have to do it, but I thought that's a, there's a little legitimacy to that argument. But also, like... Raw was really confusing. It just wasn't good. Well, here's it. I will say this. Uh, always give the editors credit, you know, when you're watching TV. And 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 even at WWE, when it's, when it's a live show, I watched the Hulu version of this first by accident. And it was because, uh, you know, Monday was a holiday. And it was actually a lot better of a show. I, I didn't understand what the complaints were about. And then I realized I literally didn't understand what people were talking about when they were talking about Brie Bella botching twice in a row. That was scary. But I only saw, they literally only had one botch. They didn't edit out both botches. They just let left in one botch under the, uh, on the, uh, on the Hulu version. And then I was just like, Oh, I missed some stuff. I totally forgot that I watched like the, the 90 minute version, but anyway, give it's, them credit. It's kind of like watching Stephen Armell wrestle, you know, where you're like, you're, yeah, it's good. You can do re- this really well as a side thing. But if you don't do this as a main thing, I'm worried you're going to kill yourself all the time. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, the two things I'll give Raw credit for. First off, I liked Nick Drake and the Authors of Pain, and somebody Not brought Nick up Drake. Sorry, Nick uh, Maverick. Maverick. Drake Maverick. Maverick. Drake Maverick. Jesus. Um, I like that. Which you had brought up the 205 305 live. Somebody had mentioned yeah, that yeah. in the comment. Um, I thought that was. I thought it would just looked entertaining as hell. I have no idea how they're going to ever uh, be pushed on Raw because no one else with body armor is going to be pushed. Um, <laughs> you know, they can't have a body armor match. It's just not, it's just going to look like if all the, you know, all those like dancing robots in the NFL commercials. 
Um, and then the second thing that I, you know, I think that it was a good, cho- good choice and an obvious choice to put the tag titles on uh, McIntyre oh, yeah. and Ziggler because uh, they're the best tag team on the roster. Um, but besides that, I thought that this show suffered in a lot of ways. Yeah. So Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre and Braun Strowman are now like the the evil. They're like the the Legion of Doom. Let, let's take the most over guy on Raw and make him a heel. This is the thing that a lot of people are complaining about. I don't complain about it so much because I think. How can you not complain about this? I don't. I like I like Strowman better as a heel. And also, I kind of like him as an intelligent monster. He's sort of a little bruiser Brody-ish. Dude, they're going to big show him now. He's going to flip back so much. So, And I'm not taking away anything away from but the But does big it show. matter? He just really hates Roman Reigns. That's the feud here, right? No, the feud is that he's a monster who's unstoppable. You know, and, I, and, I, and I've argued with this before. I've defended WWE's booking. I defended, you know, him not making it a triple threat match. I'm defending even the gray area of is he a heel or is he a face? But they've clearly now decided to make him a heel and the shield of face. Listen, I, I defended his his ba- his prolonged babyface push. I don't think turn is the right answer because he never there wasn't a moment. But I defended the push only in terms of like WWE decided they want to get him over with kids. So great, we're gonna make him a super duper star. But like I prefer him as a heel. I think this makes a lot more sense for the Braun Strowman that I want to see. Not against Roman Reigns. He's a face against Roman Reigns. No, but I don't. But forget face and heel. You're right. The, but this character is fine. Like who cares? It's just not. I'd character. rather see it's him. It's so weird to watch him with Ziggler and McIntyre. I'd rather him team up with them than team up with a ten year old. I'd rather him team up with the Wyatt family, or just or have him be beaten so bad by the Shield that then the Wyatt family comes in. You're just fantasy booking. Now. Of course, I'm the one that fantasy booked that like last week, but or the week before. But well, the, but, I'm taking your fantasy booking. I'm just saying, I'm Carlos Menciing your fantasy booking. Damn. Um. Listen. Uh. I don't. Let's just let's just agree to disagree. We'll, we'll agree. We'll, we'll let's just let's just stipulate that Braun Strowman teaming up with Ziggler and McIntyre is an awesome idea for the rest of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm that's exactly kidding. what I said. Um. So, I, I. I don't know. I think I think I kind of like the. I mean, I think it's just interesting that they're basically running back everything they try to do with their lead baby faces with Roman Reigns with from since Stone Cold Steve Austin, but now it's like the whole Shield is that baby face. You're a too supportive parent for WWE. No, I'm. Yes, sitting, you are. You're like you're like yeah well, yeah take no. drum, You can be a drum player at 31. I'm, I have a lot you of. You can't be a drum player at 31. Well, that's what you're saying with this. Um, Travis Barker didn't start playing drums till he was 40. A lot of people don't know that. <laughs> That's not true. Uh, the um, okay, so no, but see, I my my perception is totally skewed by having watched the Hulu version first. I understand that this was nuts. There's a lot wrong with this episode of Raw. My, I'm just not gonna, I'm just not gonna dwell on Braun Strowman b- being a heel and teaming up with Ziggler and McIntyre. I mean, surprisingly enough, that wasn't the most shockingly disappointing thing of Raw. What? Kevin Owens quit, but now he no longer quit. That is, without a doubt, the most baff. I not not. I don't even know he, if I don't know if him and him and Gender. I don't remember now. Was him and you know, his scene with Gender and Lashley? I don't even think it was on the Hulu version. So the first time I saw him was when he ran out to help Strowman, who which he was made no with. sense. A cage side seats pointed that out. Makes no sense. The guy the guy has thrown him off a steel cage in fucking July, and now he's he's going out there to help him. It, it it just it just was so frustrating to watch that, and it was frustrating, like as a fan of Kevin Owens, to be like, 
what? Like, because, you know, like, you know that was a McMahon decision. I don't know. Okay, to this put, is pure speculation. Vince McMahon was like, no, all the heels should come off there. You know, yeah. you know that was a Vince decision. That had to be a Vince decision. Like, and that, well, at that they point, didn't I was like, they need That's, to give Vince a Legends contract they, and, uh, and just not book anymore after I saw that. I'm like, that was the craziest fucking thing I've ever seen. Yeah. That was they the, don't and they didn't have enough heels. It was the problem, but that doesn't. That's fine. Like elevate some of the heels. No, no, no. It should be like half the half the team is on. I mean, half the roster is on SmackDown. Like they don't have as many people as you want to really make that that the visual look really good. Then put you some need, referees need, and security yes, out there. You, need, too. you should have had like seventy security guards. And it also there. didn't make any sense of like why it. You know, again, it's like that feud. Between those three, like the people, if they really wanted to pull apart, it should have been between AJ and Samoa the next night on SmackDown, and they just kind of used referees for that. But I, I, I was just, I, I, I was befuddled the whole time watching it. Uh, it was a cool pull apart, all logic aside. The the violence was good. The beatdown part was again, good. I'm Seth getting thrown sides, through a window. Cage side seats credit on. So they got released from jail. But then Roman came back in a stolen police car. <laughs> like, well, that's just wrestling. I guess. I'm okay with an ambulance. I feel like you can steal an ambulance, but stealing a police car is where I, Dan St. Germain, draw the line. Listen, even if in kayfabe they got arrested and then they had, you know, powerful McMahon attorneys keeping them in jail, by the time they got released, you know that, like, it, the Roman Reigns can go up to a cop and just be like, hey, buddy, you want me to sign an autograph for your kid? Can I borrow your car? Like, he would get the car. No. Yes, Roman Reigns. Cops, Maybe Stone Cold. Maybe cops John love Cena. the shield. Um, the shield represents the, the Are police. Are you saying the shield is the police? No, I'm just saying they're re- they're like John Cena and the troops. The shield is our popular wrestlers. I don't know they represent the police. They represent the SWAT team. Anyway. I guess. Moving on. Bobby Roode and Chad Gable are a thing now. They're an item. <laughs> That's the thing you want to get to most on the show. All right, is this is this sad? Chad, Chad Gable, without a doubt, the most underutilized performer in WWE, so I'm glad that he got a spot. That guy can fucking work. He's somebody Bobby I'd, Roode I'd just love can't to see in Japan. Part. Bobby Roode can't be a babyface. He, he definitely can't be a babyface in a team. Well, the rumblings online are this is going to lead to a rude heel turn. But, I mean, that's rumblings for any tag team that gets together. Weren't we already here with Bobby Roode? The thing is, seeing him, who was he tagging with a couple weeks ago? Finn Balor when I made the same comment? Seeing I don't him, think so. They're not on the same brand. Yeah, they are. Finn Balor and Bobby Roode? No, they're not. Wait, oh, they are. Jesus both Christ. Bobby Roode standing idiot. in, Bobby Roode, I did the same thing with Bobby Roode only, but Bobby Roode standing in the corner applauding and with a big smile on his face. Is not Bobby Roode. Is the war is the dumbest Bobby Roode. Anyway, yeah, it's like I mean, Ronda like yeah. Ronda. I just don't like like when Ronda smiles and holds hands with like Natalia. Yeah, and, but like, skips yes, the ring. I agree. It's like that, except Bobby Roode's a worse actor somehow. When he's being only when he's uh, being that's happy. That's not true. Only when he's being happy. Bobby Roode is not a worse actor than fucking Ronda Rousey. When he is and I smiling want on the, the side, unless, I like unless, Ronda, unless I'm getting worked. I, I could be getting worked. Anyway, uh, we talked about the Office of Japan. We work, talked man. about. Oh, we the Undertaker's back. We should open the show with that, or should we? No. This is my question. This is the same question about McIntyre, Ziggler, and uh, Strowman versus the Shield. Is this only happening so that they can have a big main event match without a title on the line at at the Super Showdown? Is that why this is happening? No, I think that they're what they're doing now, which I do think they've been largely. I I, I will give WWE credit of, that like they're. 
promoting three pay-per-views at the same time and doing it with with some success, you know, like they're 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 making a distinction. They're basically saying, "Hey, uh one's for the legends, which is Triple H and Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. One's uh for the women's division and one's for what's going on on SmackDown and But Raw. the women are still going to fight at Hell in a Cell. Sure. Yeah, but this is like, you know, historic cuz it's the first, you know, all female So it's a problem of their own making. I mean, listen, the Evolution thing is great and if you don't want to give it its own month to be, you know, it's a standalone show, that's fine, but it's really not that complicated to be like whoever is defending, whoever ends up in the title matches at at one show gets to be is going to be at a, will be in a fatal four way for like a Money in the Bank briefcase at the other show. Like, there's a way to get put some logic to it so you're not counter promoting against yeah. yourself, right? I mean, the one thing I will say is like you know, there's been you know the problem with the women's pay per view right now is is the problem with how they've been booked. You know, it's like. You know, like uh, somebody was grumbling online and complaining or had reported that there were low ticket sales. And I don't know if that's changed since then. But um, it's it's because they've, you know, like I guarantee, you know, there's a reason that Sasha and um, and uh, Bailey headline, headline an NXT show and it, it made sense is because they built that right. And some of these things they're throwing together, I think, you know, like... Um, Mickey James is going up against Alita. You're like, well, there's no, like, what's the story here? You're announcing this and you haven't really built Mickey up to this point. You know, like since, since she's been back, she's been a background player. Yeah. So, I mean, and also it's, it's a, it's a WWE problem. Sasha, it's not a Sasha and Bailey problem. can headline NXT. And I don't think it's necessarily a geographic issue, but why not set them up to succeed? They they headlined NXT in Brooklyn. Where is the where's the It's in the Nassau Coliseum, which although geographically I mean, that's, close that's to Brooklyn to succeed. Mm, in a lot I mean, of ways it, couldn't be further it is, away from it Brooklyn. It is Long either. Island. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean Long Island, like the the one area that will I go don't for know, Trump I don't in know, New York. Yeah, I mean I don't know what'll happen, but I but I it seems kinda it seems kinda crazy that you wouldn't do it in a place where you were like, Oh, this is gonna just sell out. Put it in put it in Brooklyn, put it in Brooklyn. Manhattan, put it in LA, LA. put it in Ch- yeah, Chicago. Chicago. Put it I mean put it in a city that's gonna sell out. Yeah. Where people are gonna be excited, where people might like fly in because it's a major city. Spend a weekend, watch an awesome wrestling show. Toronto. Toronto would be awesome too. Montreal. Have one of their um, dainty French clowns <laughs> open the show. Uh so Undertaker and Shawn Michaels, speaking of okay, so we have three pay-per-views. We have women's we have evolution, we have Hell in a Cell, uh, and we have the Super Show. How Under- funny to be if Triple H opened the evolution promo, like this is what it's about, the women. He does like a twenty five. What if promo. they did what if they don't sell enough tickets for evolution and so they just put Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels on that <laughs> card? Undertaker and Shawn Michaels are a combined combined one hundred and thirty nine years old. No, 183 years old. <laughs> uh, and they, You'd they have to had give a... Sean the Bob from the Elimination Chamber days. Oh, my gosh. The soccer mom Bob. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that was a pretty cool moment. I, was an, I wasn't expecting Undertaker to come out. That was a nice shock. I guess, but what are they, building towards a match for WrestleMania 35? Nobody wants to see that. Mike Lawrence brought this up on my podcast, Total F and Marks, which actually comes back this week. It'll be uh, probably dropping tomorrow or Friday. Um, Shawn Michaels, uh, the only match that's really left for him is first Daniel Bryan, and he should be AJ Styles. I don't know. I don't know if AJ and him, because who's going who's gonna to carry... Like who's gonna carry the promo load on that? I mean, Michaels isn't the same promo it used to be. Michaels is a better heel promo 
Brian's the ultimate fucking baby face. That's the match people want to see at WrestleMania 35. They don't want to see. Why do we think Shawn Michaels is even Shawn coming Michaels? back? Because they hinted at it, right? Yeah, but I mean, I think his haircut has hinted at more lack thereof. Yeah, I mean, he cut it all off, though. I mean, I, I would rather see Michaels versus Daniel Bryan. I'm just saying as a fan, you know, the teacher becomes the student. I think the, the interaction is every is, is the entire thing. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but it was fun to see him back. It was fun. I, I like seeing those two guys get promos on each other. But if you want to put add this to the list of what the fuck moments of the week, then you know you're more than more than welcome. Well, they could say it's a rubber match, right? If they fought because Michaels beat Undertaker at Royal Rumble and Hell in a Cell. Undertaker's on the last two. <clears throat> I thought you meant because both of them have skin made out of rubber. <laughs> um, the uh, the oh, speak, you, speaking of Daniel Bryan, he had another match with Andrade Cien Almas who. I had to say this politely, knows less English than I realized. But man, then that motherfucker worked. He was so great. Selena Vega's great. I mean, this was, guys... but that was one of those, like, that was, it felt like one of those Nakamura moments where they were just like, oh, Vince really liked your match last week. Now get, take, you have to talk right now, no matter what. This is your chance. Yeah. I mean, they, 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 they work, they work really well together. I really wasn't paying attention to the promo. I thought Vegas, I will say, I thought Vegas promo was too scripted. Um, it just felt like it was it was too concocted. I can't believe you're saying something bad about Zelina Vega right well, I'm now. I'm just I'm telling you, I'm not blaming her. I'm, you know, I think that it was too scripted. Oh um, it wasn't it wasn't like that NXT like talking shit promo um, that she's used to delivering. But I thought uh, the match was good. They cut to commercial less, so that was good. Uh, I thought the ending was was great. Um, you know, I mean, t- having him tap out, people would argue, is that burying him? I I, I don't think so. I don't think he he's not the type of wrestler that uh, almost is, if if anything you know from his tiny hat days at NXT you, you know you can start him with a couple of losses and then build him up. Yeah, and I think that he's I mean I just really enjoy watching him work. I think he and Brian are good. They're I mean similar size and and uh but they're doing they, they both and they actually have a really similar style. They actually I mean not a similar style, but they, no, have, they have a very similar style. But they have well they have there's a lot of big differences and there's a lot of you know big like large scale similarities, but I think that what's cool is that they're both able to work a an aerial style without being a high flying style yes. if that makes sense. I, what they th- did they was can, they were able to take uh you know a ring of honor and a you know, uh, a triple A style and then adapt them to a WWE match. Yeah. And, 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 you know, like, yes, they can do the high flying shit, but everything matters. Yeah. I mean, yes. D- d- yeah. I mean, and, and almost has that, did that cool little like moonsault land on his feet, standing yeah. moonsault thing, but it didn't feel like it felt like it had more impact. You know, it felt like it, it felt like it, it was a regular sized guy pulling out a crazy maneuver then like I just flip that's my thing yeah. I don't know if that I'm probably over the splitting hairs too much um, but yeah so I Smackdown was a good show yeah we had a lot of Daniel Bryan just like Raw was like see you guys Raw I can was like heavily all in about, on WWE huh I'm just telling everybody I can like all in on WWE you can like both yeah it's true just like so Raw was a lot of Braun Strowman and Co versus The Shield and and uh, and and SmackDown was a lot of Daniel Bryan and Bree versus the Miz and Maurice. Have they explained why? I, I know that Kenny Herzog is writing about this or is touching on this this week for us. But have they explained why Bree gets to appear on both shows? No, and I think that um, what what they're doing is they realize that they need Bree face until Hell in a Cell, and then they're going to turn her heel. So 
you know, it could be the Bellas versus maybe Ronda and Natalia. Well, if they're not going to explain why she can wrestle on both shows, they might as well just have her heel on one and face on the other and pretend that people don't watch both. Anyway. Well, I don't know if that's possible. No, it's, you're absolutely right. It's not. So they announced the teams for the new Mixed Match Challenge. We got to get out of here. But I'm only I'm disappointed because there's not. I feel like there should be more couples. I feel like we have so many freaking couples. Um, I'll say yay or nay. Naomi and Jimmy Uso. Yay. Lana and Rusev. Yay. Charlotte and AJ Styles. Yay-ish. Um, yay. Oscar and the Miz again, also reuniting. No. We don't need that again. And Carmella and R-Truth, which is a funny yeah. like storyline thing. I just think it's funny because we have like we have like ten on screen couples at this point. Like you could actually yeah, do like they, they really walk that line of making R Truth too dumb. Oh you know? yeah. Like I'm like, all right, we'll pull back a little bit on this, guys. That's that's true. But at least he's getting some screen time. That's but true. But we could they could honestly do a season of the Mixed Match Challenge right now with just like real life couples. Real life slash on screen couples. Well, you know what would be good? Uh, the couples who've broken up. Oh, you know? yeah. Um, I think that's it, man. I'm looking I'm looking at the internet right now. Well, while David's looking at the internet, you can get my album, No Real Winners, here. Yeah, it's available on all streaming stuff. platforms and iTunes. It really helped me if you actually bought it. But if you stream it, that's almost as good. Um, as far as uh, shows, I'm just doing shows around the city, guys. Uh, my podcast, Total and Marks, uh, I do have a new one in the tank. It'll be back. I'm trying to record this from home. So, you know, if anybody is in New York and a producer and wants to help out, let me know. But I'm going to be at uh, Union Hall on uh, September 13th for Kevin McCaffrey's show. I guess that's the one that I want to uh, plug tonight. I'll be at the Fat Black Pussycat uh, on Dan Soder's show tonight in Stand Up New York. So, yeah. That's a real bar. Yes. Apparently, people are mad at uh, Okada and Skrull because they, because JR said that they stole time from the main event. Yeah, I heard that. Oh, man. I don't need that drama in my life. All of them was good. Uh, Raw was confusing. SmackDown, good as always. SmackDown's really good right now. But uh, yeah, we can enjoy it all. This is what's great about being a wrestling fan. We can have it all, enjoy it all. And, uh, Go to sleep happy every night. <laughs> Go to sleep happy every night. Good night I don't know what I'm luck. talking about anymore. This is my third podcast today. You can check me out on uh, on the press box. We did a special mini episode. Um, probably be up when you're listening to this. I was also made my triumphant first appearance on Juliet Littman's The Bachelor Party podcast, talking, explaining to the Bachelor universe about Go Away Heat and why the new Bachelor has it, I think. Um, I'll talk to you guys next week. Dan will be back. Apologies to Dean Ambrose, as always. We'll see you back here next week, Humanoids. We are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on The Masked Man Show. Add this to the list of what-the-fuck moments of the week didn't.